trying to be doing that bullshit. bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, we're back. I think this is episode 31. DS with Brian Simpson. Welcome, welcome, my friends. Um, let me get my dates out the way. Um, oh yeah. Well, first let me get the, the, the sponsors out the way. We're, we are sponsored by Vapor 95. Well, I'm sponsored by Vapor 95. The podcast is not, but you know, I wear their cool clothes. Um, I will leave, so I have a link that you can click on to get you some, you know, get you some things, get you a little discount, I think, um, affiliate link. So if you want to support me, support the podcast, you click on the link in the show notes and, you know, get, buy you some Vapor 95 shit. Um, if you want to know where I will be, uh, coming up what dates i got let me see what's going on uh, i got uh well you so this podcast will be coming out wednesday morning so i'll be in the main room at the comedy store in los angeles um the dates are kind of like because i'm in the middle of like moving and all that shit but uh monday the 29th i'll be at blind barber in los angeles 9 30 31st, I'll be at the Hollywood Hotel. August 1st, I'll be at Harvell's in Long Beach. That'll be dope. Um, August 5th, I'll be in San Diego. I forget what the fucking location is, but, you know, follow my Instagram, BS Comedian, and uh, the details will be there. And then August 10th, I'll be doing uh, Comedy Juice at the Ice House in Pasadena. Um, oh yeah, and the San Diego people, if you, uh, no, no, actually, no, that's everything, well, girl, uh, yeah, all that shit's coming later. Yeah, thanks for supporting the, the, uh, the, uh, the podcast, and also, look, if you want to support the podcast and you don't want to spend money, the best thing you can do is just spread the word, tell people about it, tell people how dope it is, tell people how dope you think it is, and just spread the word, because listeners equals money for me, um, yeah, I wanted to start off this week. So, a bit of controversy in the comedy community. Comedian Dina Hashim, or Dina Hashim, I don't know her, so I don't know how to say her name. Uh, she caused some backlash. She made a, well, she was accused of making a joke about Tentacion's death, Okay. A lot of people love the rapper. They didn't appreciate it, so on and so forth. Um, but I'm going to read. I'm going to read her tweet, and you, you know, you tell me how you. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it, and you, you feel some kind of different way. You, you know, you can always get at me. You can email me at BS Comedian or BS with Brian Simpson. Yeah, BS with Brian Simpson at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram. I've responded to people. You know, I'm not. I'm not famous enough to not do that yet. So get it in while getting good. <laughs> No, but I'm going to read her tweet. Um, Since deleted, by the way. Um, It says, Is anyone still mourning XXXTentacion? He's a rapper who was murdered. He's dead now. He was on his way to buy a car with $50,000 in cash, and somebody shot him and took the money, which is very tragic. 
But I also think it would be a very good Venmo commercial. That's the first thing I thought when I heard that, like, I don't have Venmo. I should get Venmo. Now, honestly, I mean, that only really upsets me because now without hearing her say that, well, she tweeted that. And I don't think that's a good joke. Um, I, or, you know, maybe could use a little polish or something, but um, it's like the cultural reference. Be- because it's, you know, Venmo is a cultural reference, right? And so it's like, I feel like she fleshed out who Tentacion was and didn't flesh out what Venmo is. She just assumed that you would know. Which is which is key for you to even get this joke, right? But then, you know, it's not a bad joke, but I'm just saying, anyway, that's my critique of the joke. But my point is, the joke isn't about him dying. She's not like, ah, it's hilarious that he's dead. You know what I mean? Which would still have been okay as well, as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, comedian, like, look, it was said best by the great, late, great Patrice O'Neill, right? And that is that the good jokes and the bad jokes all come from the same place. You can't pick and choose shit. (laughs) You can't pick and choose um, where, you know, comedians don't decide what's funny. You know, we see what's funny. We put it out there. We see what, what sticks. So it's like, yeah, every now and then you're going to make a bad joke. Uh, I don't even think this joke was really in poor taste either. You know, I don't think it's particularly hilarious. But that's but that's more of a structural thing. That's me being an analytical comedy nerd. But I don't think, shh, I don't, I don't see what the offense is. Like, I mean, people are going to be offended by a whole bunch of shit. Now... It's your every right to be offended. You know what I mean? It's like that's we live in that world now where everyone puts their feelings out there. Only the angry ones. No one no one spreads love. But uh, you know, some comedians had a problem with it. It it see, that's for me, that's where that's what's weird right there. It's like non comedians having an issue with a joke is one thing, but comedians having an issue with a joke, like I don't get that. I don't get how, like, you, no one is in charge of the line, bro. You don't get to decide where the line is. And another thing, too, is, you know, a joke mentioning, an, a, joke mentioning a topic doesn't mean the joke is, is about that topic. It doesn't mean it's aimed, you know, at, at, at those people. You know, it, like, it doesn't mean, like, this joke wasn't about his death. She wasn't making light of his death, at least not to me anyway. But also, she has every right to make that joke. You have every right to be upset about it. I don't see what the fucking big deal is. Your joke should upset people. You know, it's like, I don't know these people that like the comedy police. Like, bruh, if your joke makes everyone, if if everyone loves your joke, no one is made uncomfortable by it. Then you, then you, then you got it. You must be doing like that watered down, like late night monologue bullshit, you know, or that that fucking date, that uh, that sitcom like Full House Family friendly bullshit. That's like, 
watered down so everybody can deal with it or whatever. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of people got upset. Like, she was getting death threats and all this shit. Like, first of all, how you willing to fuck your whole life up for A, a nigga that's already dead, B, a nigga that would not do the same for you, and C, somebody that you didn't even know personally? You gonna go? You gonna? You gonna? <laughs> you gonna kill somebody? You gonna kill a comedian over a joke over a rapper that's gone that didn't even know you? It, it's like those people that it's like those people that like that'll fight you because you don't like a, a basketball player or a football player or something. You know, it's like you know, relax, bro. LeBron James, <laughs> LeBron James ain't catching the charge for you. So what are you doing out here? I like LeBron, by the way. I'm just saying. I've seen fights break out. I've seen sports fans get stabbed over a loss and shit. It's like, that's why I don't be going to them stadiums and shit, because niggas too passionate. Um, I was a huge Redskin fan in the past. I still am a Redskin fan. I don't know if I would say huge, because, you know, I just... I'm, it's not interesting to me anymore. Like fo- I don't follow the team like meticulously like I used to and know everybody on the roster and all that like I used to. I still watch the, the highlights of the games and shit, but like I just don't have the time to be emotionally invested that deep, you know. They've broken my fucking heart way too many times. But I remember seeing, I, I've been to one Reds, I've been to, Mm, yeah, I went to one Redskin game in my whole life as an adult. And I was in the box. I was up in the box. So I ain't even had to deal with none of the danger and all that shit. But like, and we won the game. So, and the thing is, too, is the, the Cowboys and Redskins have a more of a classy rivalry, you know? But I have seen, I saw a, 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 a Cowboys fan got stabbed by a Giants fan over a, over a loss. You know, like, is it that serious, my dude? Like, because Eli Manning is not, Eli Manning ain't out here cutting throats for for you, Steve. You know, like, take it down a couple notches. You know, it's like XXX, X's music still exists. She didn't erase his music with her joke. You know, and I mean, people are really upset, <laughs> really upset about it. I, and I just... I don't get that now. As far as comedians being upset, like, what are you doing, bro? Because this reminds me of, this reminds me of the time of the, of the whole, the whole Louis thing, right? Where, when, that, when he first, like, tried to make his little comeback and somebody, like, recorded it and, like, put a joke out there when he was joking about the Parkland kids and, like, People were all up in up up in arms about it. Had their panties in a bunch, and and a lot of comedians was like, "Yeah, fuck him," you know. And it's like, "Nah, bro. See, you don't understand. Like, you can't support that. You can be against Louis C.K. all you want for you know what he did, or you think he's a horrible person or whatever. But you, but as comedians, I'm just saying, as comedians, we should not be okay." with people recording our shit and putting it out. And 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 it's like just this time it just so happens to be someone that it's okay to loathe. 
You know what I mean? But I'm not okay with that. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck what you did. <laughs> like, the, these people are, because if, you know, if you're not a comedian, you don't experience it regularly, but these people that, like, interrupt shows and, like, want to record your shit and, like, fuck those people, bro. And you, is at the point where, like, you can't even ask nicely no more. You got to have your shit in the yonder bag. You know, you got to get the yonder bags out there. They're like, um, you know, some, some clubs will put your, they'll put your cell phone in, like, a pouch that's, like, magnetically locked. And you just can't get to it unless you leave the room. Like, they got to, the, the dude to unlock it is standing at the door. So if you want to leave the room, he'll unlock it and wait for you to come back. And you got to put it back in the bag, that kind of shit. And... People still record shit. Like, if that's not a big enough signal to you not to record us, I don't know what it is. And there's a reason for that. The reason being, you know, a lot of times, again, we're working on shit. So, you know, when you you might have a great idea, you might have a great premise, but, you know, 95% of the time, it doesn't come out hitting hard. You know, like, you might get a little chuckle or something, but it takes a lot of working out. And finding the right timing and the beats and the and the damn the word the wording and the everything, you know, it takes a while to craft a joke, see if it works. Sometimes it don't work at all. See if it's got legs, and then it takes a while to like get it. So it's like, and I don't know if I don't know if a joke is ever really finished, but I think a lot of times, you know, you get to a point where you lose passion for the material because it's not fresh no more. Um, but at that point. It's polished. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the whole point. At some point, it's polished. And it's, you know, that's why we don't want to be recorded, because we don't want to put it out until it's ready. You know, especially when it's about a controversial issue, you know, it might take a while for you to find out exactly how to navigate that, blah, 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 blah. And again, I'm not caping for Louis C.K. He doesn't need my help. The nigga's rich. Whatever. I don't I don't cape for rich white dudes, but I'm just I'm I'm a fan of comedy and I'm like and I was like, we have to be careful what power we what power we give up or what, what behavior we say is acceptable just because in this particular instance it's somebody that we found reprehensible or a joke that we found reprehensible. And again, I don't see anything wrong with this joke, to be honest with you. You know, I don't even think she was trying to be shocking. And, but now, this is where I lost, where I lost respect for Miss Hashem, is that she fucking apologized and took the tweet down. And then, like, made her Twitter so you got to, like, you know, private or whatever. So it's like, I would love for somebody to just own it one day. I, I hope that if, I hope that if I'm ever at the point <laughs> where I'm famous enough to have a backlash. I hope I st- at that point I have the balls to be like, suck my dick. I'm not taking back anything and I'm not apologizing. Fuck you. It was a joke and it was a funny joke. But again, like we live, I guess we live in that day and age where everyone wants everything exactly as, you know, how it is. Um, Till, you know, t- t- 
Doing your shit. What's this next joint? Oh, man. <laughs> so also this week, or was it last week? Uh, I would say that counts as last week. Um, <laughs> this, is headline, this is an NPR headline. Fired over too much Tupac? <laughs> a rap-loving bureaucrat from Iowa says he hopes not. I missed my chance for a good segue. Speaking of rappers that were tragically killed too young. Um, so Jerry Foxhoven, who was a, what was he, a, a, a state senator or a state representative? Um, he led Iowa, oh, no, he led Iowa's Department of Human Services. And he was forced to resign in June, just one business day after he sent an email to more than 4,000 agency employees that included an inspirational quote from the rapper Tupac. <laughs> This motherfucker had Tupac Fridays in his office where the rapper's music was played. The lawyer said he liked breaking stereotypes about who listens to rap. He's 66-year-old white dude. No bullshit. This nigga looks like he is trying to sell you uh, Campbell's Soup or fucking... um, or like artisanal popcorn or something. He looks like he just doesn't look like he listens to Tupac at all, which I guess is his point, because he loves Tupac for some reason. Okay, now I'm 37 and Tupac was a shit when I was a kid. This mean this nigga didn't get he ain't get into Tupac till he was like in his 40s. You know what I mean? He's 66. He loved Tupac. How? But again, he's trying to break stereotypes. Yeah. So what? He loves Tupac. It's not an act. And they fired him for it. You can't even be nigga adjacent. <laughs> you know, he loved Tupac that much. He was sent out little quotes in all his emails. That's that's a dope dude to work for. And you know you know that the reason they gave him for firing him? Uh they wanted to go in a new direction. That's that bullshit right there. These companies ain't never straight up. It's probably the governor thought they probably had some kind of poll come back, you know, with a certain something saying, you know, this nigga was, you know, it would lose her two points in the polls or some shit. Like, these politicians are fucking all garbage people. I'm sorry. If you're a politician, you're probably a garbage person. You're going to fire this man. All the employees loved him, had all good reviews. But, you know, it was one or two people that was like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with him telling me to keep my head up all the time. Or some bullshit. Iowa. Damn, I didn't expect that out of Iowa. Is he from Iowa? It doesn't say where he's from. Dude's name is Jerry Foxhoven. Yeah, but he'll get a job real quick. Maybe, is he a Republican? Well, it doesn't say. But maybe, you know, this will make, a, 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 a lot of politicians will come out of the closet as a, <laughs> it's goddamn, Tupac fans. I'm for it. I've never seen Obama listening to Tupac. Okay, that's not fair. Next headline Bronx teacher who performed oral sex on 14 year old gets 10 years probation, avoids jail, keeps teaching certificate. Okay, now I have a problem with this, right? Just because, simply because, hold on, let me restart this. So this is from, what is this, Daily News, it says, right? 
Um, now, of course, this was a woman. She's decent looking. The fuck you have sex with a 14-year-old? You a grown-ass woman. This is insane. Like, why do you even want that? Dory Myers, 30, last month pleaded guilty to criminal sex act for the November 16th incident at her former workplace. Myers' heinous crime, which reportedly happened multiple times, was discovered after another teacher found out by way of the victim's friend. Of course, you idiot. Even if it wasn't morally reprehensible for you to be at least... I think to be a teacher, you got to be at least 24. Because you got to go through, like... You got to go through, like, a lot of years of school, right? For So... You 24, you, this dude's 14. What the fuck you want with a 14-year-old? I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know what? How did this bitch get 10 years probation? How did she, how did she get off with 10? The prosecutors were asking for two years. He gave her 10 years probation. They were asking for, they were asking for two years jail time. She got 10 years probation. And she still got her teacher certificate. How the fuck that work? And I wish you could see her face. She's got that look. She got that look of like the white lady that will only get <laughs> only get 10 years probation for being a pedophile. She'd probably be right back teaching ASAP. And you know what? She's going to fuck another student. They gave her a plea bargain. How do you I see I don't I, I never understood that. How do you how do you plead out of something that you're definitely guilty of? Like do like when you <laughs> like when you when you were an average looking white woman, do the do the prosecutors walk in and go, Well, we got all this evidence against you. Uh, we'd like to offer you a deal. This is like if it's an open and shut case, why are you giving her a plea agreement? I don't I don't understand that. I mean, she did the shit, right? The law is so fucking it's always gonna be a mystery to me. It's always gonna be a mystery because No, it's not a mystery. They just This is ridiculous. The fact that anyone is okay with this, the fact that this judge, who's the judge? Judge Michael Obis. The fuck is wrong with people? This, the prosecutors weren't even asking for that much time. Two years. This thing was like, oh no, she's got a lot going on for me. Yeah. Ten years probation. As long as she doesn't molest another child in the next ten years, she's good. He did find her to be a level one sex offender. See, I didn't know there was levels to this shit. <laughs> I did not know there was levels to sex offender. I want now. I want to see. I want to look it up. Hold on now. Uh, sex offender levels. Um. Okay, you're right. All right. So a level one sex offender is. The vast majority of registered sex offenders are classified as level one offenders. They are considered at low risk to reoffend. 
These individuals may be first-time offenders, and they usually know their victims. Information regarding uh, is not typically included in the search. Offenders have a moderate... Okay, level two offenders. Offenders have a moderate risk of reoffending. They generally have more than one victim, and the abuse may be long-term. These offenders usually groom their victims and may use threats to commit their crimes. These crimes may be predatory, with the offender using a position of trust to commit their crimes. Uh, level... F oh, wait a minute. Typically, these individuals do not appreciate the damage they have done to their victims. Okay. Level three, offenders are considered to have a high risk to reoffend. They usually have one or more victims. They may have committed prior crimes of violence. They may not know their victims. The crime may show a manifest cruelty to the victims. And these offenders usually deny or minimize the crime. These offenders commonly have clear indications of a personality disorder. And then, for some reason, right under that is kidnapping. If the victim is a minor and not related to the defender, then the offender is required to register for this offense. Oh. So they have to register as kidnappers. Yeah, I had no idea. See, we learning shit out here on BS. We learning shit out here on BS instead of just bullshit. You know, sometimes you come here for the bullshit, sometimes you come here for the knowledge. All right? And I'm here for it all. I support. I support me. Um, this is just kind of sad. Iceland pilot whales, dozens of dead mammals found beached. So this helicopter pilot was flying over. How the fuck do you pronounce that? Police in the nearby town of Stikishomer. That's I know that that's how you say it phonetically. It's S T Y K K I S H O L M U R. Stickishlmer. Because why are there two K's back to back when there's mo way more name after that? Stickishlmer. Yeah, now, who the fuck knows how to say that? But he was flying over. Almost 150 whales die on a New Zealand beach. It says here a whale had 115 plastic cups in his stomach. Ugh. Somebody had to land. See, I'm looking at this picture, and there's a helicopter landing near all these beached whales. I bet it smells so motherfucking bad on this little patch, this little patch of earth. I bet it smells so damn bad. It's, but, uh, see, and now I know I, this ain't going to say that because this is like a stick shit on her. This is on the, I guess this is the west. It's in the West Middle Peninsula of Iceland, if you can just picture Iceland in your head, which you definitely should not be able to do off the top of your head. As a young, as a real American, it doesn't really care about the rest of the world and their fucking geography. But uh, we all about learning out here on, on BS with Brian Simpson, so I'm going to drop the knowledge on you anyway. Iceland, Stichlerber, is... Uh, yeah, this dude was flying over, saw 145 whales beached on an island in New Zealand. Oh, no, 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 okay, no, I'm I'm conflating the two. They were comparing this incident to, no, no, no. Fucking cunt on a motorcycle. So, a New Zealand beach. Stick shimmer. That's, that was a dumb one. That was a dumb one. You know, they can't all be hits. 
Um, this is the this is the all the all the outrage um, of the day. Uh, this actually happened, I think, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Headline reads from the root. The Woots Michael Harriet wrote this article, but the headline reads: White woman claims she invented the hair bonnet. <laughs> Black Twitter tells her to go back to white people stand. <laughs> this thing got a sharp sense of humor. I mean, I don't read the root every day, um, but when they when they dragging somebody, it's always so good. A white woman may have secured her spot in the Columbusing Hall of Fame after claiming that she invented an accessory used by black women ever since Earlene Jackson delayed her escape to the Underground Railroad by informing Harriet Tubman, hold up, I forgot my bear bonnet. Yeah, this lady really thinks she invented this. You know, she says she just had a problem that needed solving. She had to lay down her edges. And she just invented it. She had an epiphany. How do you fucking not... How do you not know that you didn't come up with that? Like how how oblivious, how clueless do you have to be to how clueless do you have to be to <laughs> to invent something so commonplace? It like and, and really to think of something so commonplace and really think you invented it. It's like being like it's like thinking it's like thinking like right now in 20, 2019. That you uh, that you invented windshield wipers, you know. I just, I don't get this lady. What is this woman's name? Um, Sarah Morantz Lindenberg came up with the idea, <laughs> and she looks like clueless. She looks like the like the clueless. You know, like, like if, if this happened to me, like, at work or something, and I found out one of my coworkers, like, it was her that, like, didn't get how she was, you know, like, maybe, you know, maybe she slipped, slipped the N-word in there every now and then or something, you know, and doesn't understand why it's bad. Yeah, she just has a face that's, like, hard, that's difficult to like. She's not ugly by any means, but she's just, the picture they have of her, she just got this... This gotcha motherfucker smirk on her face, and that I just hate that. Yeah, I can't stand it. But cultural appropriation is a whole other thing. There's, there's already. I have a whole episode on it. If you wanna, listen. actually, it's not the whole episode about it, but I'm pretty sure it is a recent. Uh, it is a recent. Uh, episode let me look up which number it is just to be sure so i talk about cultural appropriation in uh i think oh the old town road episode so episode 24 old town road cultural appropriation yeah check that out if you want to hear more about that because i talk about it ad nauseum and i'm just over it um yeah black people like with this this shit is this shit is crazy it's ridiculous and i guarantee you in the commercial, there's like black women. There's like a token black. She she invented the motherfucker, a hair wrap, my nigga. Wow. Um, I guess honestly, I don't really care that much about it. And <laughs> I'm not really upset. I'm just, I'm just kind of surprised. You know, it do, it don't add up. And. 
yeah, I, you know, I, I'm always constantly having to explain to my white friends like what the black experience is and how it's not what, you know, it's different. And they don't get it. It's mad stereotypes, though. Like, um, the big one is like that. There's no black serial killers. That like we don't go out here on, on killing sprees. And I got I was arguing with somebody about this. And then bam, and then I looked it up, and I found this list of black serial killers. That's gonna be our Black History moment. Now I didn't say they would. They was gonna all be proud moments. I didn't. I didn't say that. But we're here. You know what I mean? We're here now. We're here now. Um, top of the list, Samuel Little. Convicted and charged in 2004, Samuel Little is currently serving a life sentence for the murders of three women in California between 1987 and 1989. In 2018, however, Little confessed that his victim count is much higher, stating that he killed approximately 90 people across numerous states, now serving his sentence in Texas. Little has been connected to two additional murders in Georgia, while investigators work to connect five others confessed by Little. All right, that was a little. Henry Lewis Wallace. These niggas all look the same. They all got the same weird shit going on in their eyes. Henry Lewis Wallace raped and murdered multiple women in the in the area surrounding Charlotte, North Carolina in the 1990s. In total, he killed at least 10 women by stabbing and or strangulation. When Wallace was arrested in 94, he made a full confession. Chester Turner. Yep, look just like that nigga. Chester Turner is one of the men suspected of killing more than 100 women in South Central Los Angeles. Turner was convicted of more than a dozen Southside Slayer murders, which happened between 1987 and 1998. He was imprisoned on rape charges when his DNA was connected to many of the L.A. killings. Now, that was a little vaguer, because what, what actually happened with him is this, the Southside Slayer during that time period, you know, I was a child, but during, during that time period, the Southside Slayer actually turned out to be three people. They thought it was one person. So three of them are sentence, sitting, serving sentences or whatever. And uh, lastly, oh, no, not lastly, uh, Derek Todd Lee. Derek Todd Lee was convicted of murdering two women, one of whom he bludgeoned and stabbed more than 80 times. DNA linked him to five additional murders that took place between 98 and 2003. He was sentenced to death. None of these people are dead, right? Oh, he was sentenced to death for his horrific crimes, but he died in the hospital where he was taken for emergency treatment in 2016. See, I don't get that. If you're on death row and you're and then something happens naturally in your body that's where you're dying, why don't they just let you die? They, they you know, you're literally in that situation because they plan on killing you, and but then they they save your life so they can kill you. We, we live in some backwards-ass times, bro. We live in some backwards-ass times. This list actually goes on pretty far, man. I ain't know it was this many lists, man. It's mad niggas on this list. Okay, we'll do one more. Shh. I should do the next one just so I keep track. Because I'm going to finish this motherfucking list. I ain't bullshitting. I don't even know how long it goes on, but it can't be this many black serial killers. I thought it was like a unicorn. All right. Paul DeRosso. Paul DeRosso murdered seven Florida women, two of whom were pregnant between 97 and 2003. He was known to tie his hands of his victims, blah, 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 blah. 
military man was stationed in Germany. DeRosa reportedly met several of his victims when he was driving a cab. He was sentenced to death and is currently serving time on death row. Yeah, until he, until you catch cold, nigga, or catch pneumonia, and then they'll nurse you back to health so they can put you in an electric chair. Fucking weirdos. Damn, I, I should just do a whole episode on all these people. This list just keeps fucking going and going and going and going. And... Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. So I guess that you know that maybe that kind of busts the myth of the no black serial killers because <laughs> there's plenty. It seems like oh, you know. This is just not prolific. Because what sparked the whole debate was I made a comment to one of my roommates about how, um, about how, uh, what the fuck did I say? Black. Um, oh, about how a lot of white folks are scared of black people. Like their natural inclinations, they think you dangerous or whatever. You might be, maybe you're a thug, maybe you're a street nigga, whatever. Um, but they not scared of like other white folks who are more likely to be the one to like kidnap you and skin you and all that. Cause like you don't see black people doing shit like that very often. So I don't know. Be scared of who you want, love who you want. Um, but just know whether that shit is rational, my dude. Yeah, just know, just know whether that shit is rational. Okay, I got time for one more. Before this motherfucker traffic come out. I'm, I'm moving soon, so the next episode of BS with Brian Simpson uh, will be much better. Um, I'm kind of doing this on some makeshift, like a little bootleg setup that I got going on, so I'm about to unpack shit. But I'm going to be moving soon, and I'll be in, I'll have much better you know, recording conditions or whatever. But you guys love it anyway, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. And I'm going to give you one more. Uh, one more bonus, a little, little bonus headline here, okay? Um, um, where did I, where did I fucking see this headline? I can't find it now. But this nigga, oh, there it is. Oh shit! Now hold up. This, this, this is the shit right here. A supermarket worker vanished ten years ago. Turns out he was trapped behind a cooler the whole time. Ain't that some shit? They, this nigga went to work, fell between some coolers or whatever, and apparently, like, they were so loud that you couldn't, no one could hear him scream. And I guess maybe he didn't decompose because he was near the freezer. I don't know, but nobody smelled him for, t- nobody found him for 10 years when they went to go renovate the supermarket. And found this nigga in a wall or, or like lodged behind a machine agent, you know. Where are you? Who's your maintenance crew? <laughs> Don't they clean that motherfucker regularly? They can't. Why haven't why didn't they find his body before now? His mama put out a missing purses, all this. This nigga was in at work the whole time. Jesus. Found him out. How did he slip behind the freezer? So his mama says he was he was starting to hear voices and shit. Like he was he was losing it beforehand. So maybe, you know, he had a little episode or had a little seizure or something, and then walked, you know, somewhere he wasn't supposed to be and fell behind his motherfucking freezer. Who told his mama? <laughs> Imagine being the cop to have to say that, ma'am. Uh, we, uh, you know, when your son died, we 
we thought that we had expended all the department resources to look for him and find his killer. Now you gotta tell him it was all a freak accident and nobody noticed this nigga was behind the freezers. Nobody noticed till they went to tear the fucking walls down on the building and they found this nigga. Like he wasn't in the walls, my nigga. He was just behind the freezer. And I and I can't picture whatever kind of freezer this is, so you know, I don't know shit. But I do know these minimum wage jobs is killing us. How many of us are stuck behind a freezer? You know, metaphorically. You know. I guess the baby, that's the way to go out, just chilling. You know what I mean? If you if you're gonna go out that way. You know, if you're hearing voices, maybe the voices was too loud, he fucking went to put his head in the freezer to cool off. I don't know.